we spend enough time sitting forward, looking at our cell phone, looking at a computer in that closed position. We don't really have a problem because we have super strong pecs. Almost most people are stronger in their pecs than they are in their rear delts and their upper back. Okay. We're a pushing kind of mammal, right? Everything is in front of us, but we need to get those kind of monkey strengths back where we can uh, swing from trees and open ourselves up and pull ourselves. All right. In order to do that, we're going to use a lot of external rotation, especially for volleyball players. So you can do it down by your side. If you put your elbow close to your rib cage, right? and you move your fist out in an L position, or if you raise them and then you rotate back, like you're knocking out somebody behind you, kind of like Batman, all right? Other good ones are you can do all sorts of resisted like snow angels. So if there's a pole in front of you and you wrap your band around that pole and then it's trying to pull your arms forward, you can go all the way up above your head and you can go all the way down behind your hips, right? Just trying to keep that open chest and keep your shoulder blades down and back. Hello out there and welcome to the Better at Beach podcast. We are going to talk today all about warm-ups for volleyball. Everything you need to know, kind of all of the exercises that you'd want to do, talking about how to prep your body the right way, talking about how much ball activity you should be doing, how much body activity you should be doing, maybe how long your warmups should actually be. There are a lot of people who talk about warmups in terms of length, and we get to hear a lot of like no AVP warmups, you know, <laughs> because it takes too long and everybody's doing that. But remember, on the AVP and the FIVB, we get 10 minutes. So all of the warmup is taken care of before that. And we want to talk about what needs to happen during that warm-up to absolutely set your body up for the most success. So we are talking everything about body success, injury prevention, and prepping yourself to be in the best position to win or to have a great lift, to have a great workout, to have a practice that you know you're going to get better at. So we're going to let everybody kind of pile in here, and we are going to start talking about warm-ups for volleyball. I know your guys' favorite person, Brandon, is missing today. He's not going to be with us, so it's just me, and we are going to talk about everything you guys need to know. All right, a couple of announcements. Right now, I'm in Salt Lake City, and it is snowing outside, but that doesn't mean we have to stop playing volleyball. We have a clinic running at the Sandbar. The Sandbar is a five indoor court and four outdoor court beach volleyball facility in North Salt Lake. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. It's a really world-class facility. It's got a bar, it's got a kitchen, and it is a great place to play with an amazing community that just welcomes you in. And it's kind of what I love about volleyball is that this community truly, truly, truly welcomes you in. So I'm hoping you guys are ready to rock with warm-ups because I am going to get a warm-up after this, and then I'm going to go lift, and then I'm going to go practice, and uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to do. All right, so let's get started. What should we be doing for warm-ups? Number one, the thing you need to know when you're warming up your body is what weaknesses or imbalances you have specifically you that give you a problem because we have general warmups, which all athletes should be doing. There's a number of positions in most sports that we just have to be comfortable getting into. So those general warmups are things that everybody should be doing. Then there are sport specific warmups. Sport specific means that I might need a different movement for volleyball than say someone in fencing. I don't know why fencing is coming into my mind, right? But we're going to get into very different 
positions and we need different mobility, different types of flexibility to be able to be successful in our sport. Then we have athlete specific. So we talked about general for pretty much all sports. We talked about sport specific, and then we need to talk about athlete specific warmups. Let's get into first, we're going to start from the top and then we're going to go from the bottom. Okay. What do all athletes need? for warmups. First, you have to get your blood flowing, okay? So a good warmup is not going to be one of those static stretching warmups where you kind of sit and you hold stretches. That's not what we want to do in terms of a general warmup. What you want to do is you want to get yourself moving, however that might be. So for my warmups when I lift, when I practice, and when I go into a match, First thing I do is I start a little jog. Make sure that you're getting that blood flowing. And so I do what's called agility steps. And everybody from our camps knows these. But you go on the sideline and you take with your right foot first, step forward, step back, step forward, step back. And we get into about 10 to 20 of those. And then you're going to lead with your other foot. Okay, It's a very light way of just getting some blood flow. Then we're going to get into body weight squats going up and down. A squat is a fantastic full body exercise. You know, it turns into a lower body exercise when you're just doing air squats. But if you're really getting heavy with squats in your workouts, that starts to become a real full body, core, back, legs workout. So that involves absolutely everything. Okay, so we move on to air squats after a little bit of agility steps. And then we like to do skaters. Now this isn't necessarily for everybody, every athlete, because not every athlete has to move sideways. But what skaters do, being able to push sideways, side to side, that starts enabling your glutes. And if you do them correctly, then you're going to be activating your core so that your body doesn't wave side to side. Instead, your body stays rigid when you go side to side so that basically your head stays directly above your crotch, right? And you're able to stop that momentum on a dime instead of flowing through it. Now, we've all seen these kind of skaters, uh, these side hops, one-legged side hops, essentially. And when people kind of drag that foot, when that foot goes all the way behind the leg that's down and you flow your arms through it, you're teaching your body to slow down at a very slow pace. So when you need to be able to change direction, you have to be able to stop and start quickly. Wherever you stop, you need to be able to start that immediately. So those elongated strides that we have when some people do skaters, we don't want to use that or get comfortable doing that. You want to teach your body how to stop and start quickly. Okay. So if you guys are doing skaters at home, it can be a nice exercise for people who are kind of flowing through it. Or if you're a perhaps a long distance speed skater, I know we're in Olympic time right now, but a long distance speed skater. Yeah, you're going to need a little bit of flow, but if your body, your upper body is waving back and forth instead of having a straight spine from crotch to chin, then you're going to be slower overall. So those are the first three moves that I do for every warm-up, okay? We get those bits of footsteps, kind of basically a jog going forward and backwards. I like to make sure that I'm moving forward and backwards because in our sport, in volleyball, there's so much forward, backward, and sideways movement, okay? It's not just a unidirectional sport. And then we get into those air squats, getting that full body, full blood flow. And then like to get into some skaters, okay? These 
are all just kind of blood flow warm-ups. But what we need, what you need, 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 is to then activate your core and start doing some strengthening there. We've already activated our core a little bit, right? Because we taught it how to stop and start. We taught it not to wave when we're doing all of those forward and back steps and sideways steps because we're not, it doesn't, shouldn't look like we're on a horse where we're nice and loose. We should be nice and rigid up top. So activate our core and start activating those little micro muscles around our core so that we can stabilize. So next thing we're going to include is some planks, but I like moving planks. What do I mean by moving planks, right? A moving plank is where your limbs, either your right arm, your left arm, your right leg, your left leg, have to lift off the ground and move so that your spine can teach itself to stabilize. If you move one arm, if you're in a plank position with your elbows down um, or even in a push-up position and you move one leg, you lift it off the ground or you move one arm and that changes all of your hip position. So your hips drop out or your chest kind of drops or falls into that. Well, then your foundation isn't good enough. Let's think about it like this. Let's think about it as a house, right? There are certain key pieces of a foundation for a house if you want to build a multi-level house. And if you have a strong house, when you take out one wooden beam, will it weaken the house? Yes. But should the house just topple as soon as you take out one leg, one wooden plank? No, right? We want that to be strong. So the same thing is going to happen with your body. When you do a plank in push-up position or your elbows and feet and you take up one arm or one leg, your whole body should look exactly the same. Now we know that your core is going to fight through that position. It's going to fight to keep you stable, but the whole thing shouldn't fall. The whole thing shouldn't then lean to one side, right? When you're doing these planks and you're moving limbs around, make sure that you can balance like a bowl of soup on your low back and your upper back, right? That's the visual that you want. You don't want anything to tilt. You want to see if your spine, your core, your low back, everything, all the muscles around there, if they can keep you stable. This is also going to involve your glutes as well. So your leg muscles are going to get really involved. So essentially we can talk about your core as basically your knees all the way up to say your rib cage, but your shoulders can get involved as well. Anyway, what we are talking about is making sure that you don't have that rotation. You want to have the range to be able to rotate, but you don't want to be forced to rotate every time you move a limb. So when you're doing those planks, when you're warming up, you're training your body to be able to move, the limbs be able to move, but you have the amount of core strength to be able to keep your body stable. And when we go into sports, when you go into running, when you go into jumping, when you go into an agility move, anytime your spine can't keep your upper body or lower body stable, when your spine can't stay in line, that's what we call an energy leak. And when we have an energy leak, you slow down, you actually get weaker, so you won't be able to squat as much, you won't be able to hang clean, power clean as much, and you have a better chance of injury, which kind of sucks. So we don't want to have injuries either, right? It sucks to work for months and months and months, and all of a sudden you get knocked out for eight weeks and all that hard work goes down the drain. We can't have that. So a key part of your warm-up is doing these plank positions and then focusing, focusing, focusing on how your spine looks and how in line your upper body stays with your lower body, okay? Just remember that when you're going for those planks and you should incorporate those. Now, planks can be forward-facing or they can be sideways-facing. 
so long as you can move any limbs in all in all areas and all versions in all directions but your hips can stay exactly the way they stayed when you were in your push-up or plank position all right so that's how we warm up our core and you can also get a little low back activation so when your low back needs to activate what your low back is training you to do you're trying to teach those muscles to get on fire. You want them to wake up all the little ones and you have to be able to signal them kind of individually. So uh, one of my favorites is just lying down on the ground, putting your hands right next to your chest. So your elbows are probably gonna pop into the air a little bit, dropping your shoulders down away from your ears and then squeezing your shoulder blades down and back. When some people squeeze their shoulder blades together, their shoulders come up and then their traps activate. We don't wanna do that. Your overactive tracks, traps, lead to a little anterior move. And when that happens, you close the space in your shoulders. And when the space in your shoulders get closed, then you're more prone to injury, especially in a swinging sport like volleyball. So very simple, upper or sorry, mid to low back exercise, put your hands next to your chest, drop your shoulders away from your ears. You're going to pull them down, squeeze your shoulder blades back, and then leave your feet on the ground, but just lift your chest. It's going to be a way to isolate that mid back region. After that, you can put your hands straight forward in front of you, flat on the sand, and then you can just lift your legs. You're going to need a lot of glute action to be able to do that. Okay. So glute action, just getting your legs and your quads as much as you can off of the ground while keeping your hands and chest flat. That's going to activate your glutes and your low back. And then you can go opposite limbs. Again, we can go opposite limbs. You can do this opposite limb move from your plank position. If you want a bonus, that's fine. So you can get in a push-up position, lift your left leg, lift your right arm, and then you're going to have again, now you got two points of contact. Now we're really going to see how strong your foundation is. We're going to see if anything falls out of there. So that's all about core. Now as volleyball players, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself. We're still going to go for general, okay? What do general athletes need? Well, we all need to have mobile hip flexors. So warrior stretches are going to be big. If you don't know what a warrior stretch is, stand up, take a giant right step forward. Okay. Now your legs are going to be in a triangle. Then you're going to straighten your back leg and you're actually going to push your heel, your back heel away from you. You're going to push it towards the back wall. So that's going to kind of make you that back leg rigid. All right. Once you're in that position, all you do is drop your hips. Just sit low to the ground. You don't have to push your hips forward. Okay? You don't have to lean back. Uh, we can get to that later. But if you take a giant right step forward and your back heel stays pointed to the back wall and rigid, and then you just drop those hips, because your back leg is rigid, that's going to keep your hips still. And that's going to encourage a hip flexor stretch. Why are hip flexors important? Why do they need to be open? Because if your hip flexors aren't open, your quad can't get behind your hip. Your quad can't stretch. Okay. That's one thing for running. If you don't have loose hip flexors, then you can't accelerate in a big way because you can't fully push your leg behind you. And if you're running at top speed, you can't cycle your legs. It's going to be a much shorter kind of tight movement and you won't be able to get full triple extension. Triple extension is when you extend your toes, knees, and hips at the same time. That's triple extension. And that's a power position for all athletes. So when you're running and when you're sprinting, you want to be able to use all of the power from your glutes right? You want to push back behind you. If your hip flexors are too tight, then that will stop your glutes from firing because your body will say, nah, my hip flexors are too tight. I don't want to go to that range. And when it says, I don't want to go to that range, then it won't let you 
fully push from your glutes. This exact same thing happens for volleyball players when we're trying to jump. If you have tight hip flexors sitting the way I'm sitting right now, right, in this L position, if you don't get out of that and practice opening these things up, you're not gonna be able to jump high because your body literally stops you from doing it because it's afraid to get hurt. So you need to say, all right, body, we're gonna open this hip flexor range. And when we open that range, then that's going to allow my power source to activate. That's pretty sick, okay? Stretching one part of your body is going to allow another muscle to be strong and powerful. And if you don't have the mobility in a certain part of your body, then you're actually going to shut other muscles off. That's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for athletes when your muscles don't work like they should, okay? So that warrior stretch should be something that everybody incorporates, being able to open up your hip flexors. It's better for your body. It allows you to stand taller. It allows you to run faster. It allows you to jump higher. Again, hip flexor stretches let you stand taller. They ease pressure on your low back. They let you run faster and they let you jump higher. If you're gonna take anything from this little episode here, take that. Be able to open up your hip flexors on a regular basis. And if you sit for a very long time, wherever you are and whatever job you have, okay, make sure that you get up and you reverse that L position that you always sit in and open up your chest, push your hips through, and then get into that warrior pose. All right. Next thing we're going to try to do is this deep lunge. Okay. I love this stretch and I love it for a lot of athletes, but I really love it for volleyball players. If you take that warrior stretch, so you stand, you take a giant right step, and then you make sure that your back leg is super strong and straight. Then since your right leg is forward, put your left hand on the ground and reach your right elbow inside your leg to your right instep, the inside of your ankle, opening up that space for your groins and to be able to get into that deep lunge kind of deep squat position is going to be huge for athletic plays. Now, sometimes we have to dig a ball or sometimes we have to pass a ball really low. And what happens is people end up reaching forward. They do, they do what we call stripper butt, right? They reach down and try to pass a ball that's under their hips. And when you do that, your platform faces forward. You end up overpassing the ball or shooting it into the net, okay? If you can get into a deep lunge where basically your elbows are inside of your knees, all right? That means that your hips can be really low and you can keep your hips under the ball and then it'll be way easier to keep your platform elevated, which means that you can pass a short ball on your side of the net. That's better than the other side of the net, right? We are able to get into the deep lunge get our elbows inside of our knees in that deep lunge. And then we're going to be more athletic for all those short balls and all those weird positions that we have for volleyball. So the elbow to instep, if you haven't seen it, you can Google it, you can YouTube it, you can check out our website, but the elbow to instep position is superior for a lot of athletes who need to get into that deep lunge position and it'll help prevent injuries. It'll open up your hips and it'll protect your low back once your hips are open because there's not so much tension around there. And it lets you play better because you can pass balls better. You can get sh get those short balls when you're digging and when you're passing. All right, next is that lunge twist position. So once you're in that elbow to instep position, so you take a giant right step forward, you put your left hand on the ground and you reach your right elbow to your right in step. Now, if you leave your left hand on the ground, but now you throw your right hand open to the sky. Now we're going to be opening up your glutes. We're going to be opening up your groins. We're going to be opening up your low back and your mid back. And this rotation, the ability to rotate sideways is crucial for any throwing or spiking athletes. 
throwing or spiking athletes, right? Being able to open your spine sideways and then rotate forward on that. That's what's going to allow you guys to hit hard. That's what's going to allow you to throw hard. So anytime you can get into that elbow to instep into lunge twist, it's a great part to include in your warmups. Okay. So we've gone through a lot of general, right? We've gone through just getting your blood moving. We've gone through core activation. We've gone through kind of the important ones, which are going to be hip flexors. Okay. Core activation, low back, abs, anti-rotation, and getting your hip flexors open, which allows your glutes to activate and your glutes are magnificent. They're magnificent for power development. And we started to do a little bit of rotation. Not all athletes need a ton of rotation, but if you limit your rotation in any sport, you're going to limit yourself. So let's open that up. One also, one other thing that I like to include when we're doing that elbow to incept to lunge twist is that you can throw your hand. You can do a little ballistic stretch so that when you open up and you throw your hand behind you, you're actually going to feel that little stretch sensation in your chest, in your pec. And if you can loosen up your pecs, again, that'll open up your hitting range, hitting window. So it's a good move for you to have. All right. So that is the start to every warm-up. Blood flow, core activation, a little bit of anti-rotation, and you can incorporate that into a few exercises. And then opening up your hips, glutes, low back, so that everything can start operating within itself. Now let's talk about sports specific. What do we need for volleyball? specifically. Well, you have to be able to start strengthening your shoulders. So everybody in my 60 day max vertical program, all right, it's a vertical jump program at 60 days. They know all about our shoulder strengthening routine. And what we do there is shoulder strengthening. People think about shoulder strengthening as like shoulder press or lateral raises when we lift the dumbbells out to the side of our body. We want to be able to do is have control and strength through rotation, so if you put your hands up on the side like a scarecrow, so your arms are up at 90 degrees, right? And then we point our fists forward. When we rotate them back so that we're back in that scarecrow position, that's called external rotation. Most injuries happen when you swing forward and your body has a problem decelerating or controlling your shoulder to keep it within its socket and again, to just decelerate it. So a lot of the injuries, injuries will happen on the backside of our shoulder. Okay. We spend enough time sitting forward, looking at our cell phone, looking at a computer in that closed position. We don't really have a problem because we have super strong pecs. Almost most people are stronger in their pecs than they are in their rear delts and their upper back. Okay. We're a pushing kind of mammal, right? Everything is in front of us, but we need to get those kind of monkey strengths back where we can uh, swing from trees and open ourselves up and pull ourselves. All right. In order to do that, we're going to use a lot of external rotation, especially for volleyball players. So you can do it down by your side. If you put your elbow close to your rib cage, right? And you move your fist out in an L position, or if you raise them and then you rotate back, like you're knocking out somebody behind you, kind of like Batman. All right. Other good ones are you can do all sorts of resisted like snow angels. So if there's a pole in front of you and you wrap your band around that pole, and then it's trying to pull your arms forward, you can go all the way up above your head and you can go all the way down behind your hips, right? Just trying to keep that open chest and keep your shoulder blades down and back. That's really going to help you. Yeah, it's going to help you for volleyball. Uh, and it's going to really, everybody should be doing these shoulder exercises, okay? Because like I said, we all sit like this forward with our shoulders rounded forward. But if you drop your shoulder blades down and back and you 
externally rotate and you pronate. See what I'm doing here? I'm dropping my shoulder blades down and back, okay? Now I'm supinating my hands. When I supinate, it means I turn my palms so that they're facing forward. All of these actions are opening my chest and they're dropping my shoulder blades back. That's leaving more space for my shoulder joint to operate and it's going to be strengthening my posture and keeping my spine a little bit more upright so that I don't shrink and become one of those old ladies that can't reach the top cabinet. All right, shoulder exercises are gonna be the next key part of your warm-up and you do want to challenge challenge your glutes a little bit more here. So you'll see a lot of AVP and FIVB players, they'll put these hip bands, little circle bands around their knees, and you'll see them in that quarter squat, just shuffling sideways. Okay. Most people will recognize, and here's a good test for you guys to do at home. I want you to get one of those circle bands. I want you to put them just above your patellas. All right. Now sit in about a quarter squat. Make sure that your heels, toes, and your pinky toes, that you have that triangle grip on the ground so that your feet are completely flat. Now just keep a basketball width between your knees in that quarter squat. Hold it until fatigue sets in. Start seeing if one side or one knee wants to cave in before the other one does. This imbalance can tell you that some part of your body is trying to take over for another part or that there's a little bit of weakness hiding. Okay. Not all imbalances are inappropriate for sports, but we want to be aware of them just in case they are causing problems, right? Like a baseball player and a volleyball player should be able to rotate right a lot further than they should rotate left. That's cool. That's natural. We're going to do this, you know, a million more times. We're going to do that throwing motion a million more times on our right, on our right side. So your body should get better at it, but you don't want the other side to completely lock. You want some form of balance. So that in all the other moves, your body can be strong. All right. So sit into that quarter squat with that circle band and just run that little test for yourself. See if one glute wants to give out before the other one. And that'll tell you, ah, I might have a little imbalance here. And then we can move forward from there. You don't have to be scared of those imbalances, but you should be aware of them so that you can fix them. Or if problems start, you start knowing where to look. Okay. So we've got shoulder activation and we've got glute activation. After all of this, being able to jump, being able to run, right? You have to get yourself to max speed before your match starts. Let me say that again. You have to get yourself to max speed before your match starts. If you haven't tried to jump as far or as high as you possibly can before your match starts, you are not ready to play that match. You're not ready to play at full. Your first maximal max speed movement can't be in the match. It has to happen before that match. And that doesn't mean just jumping because when you jump to hit a ball and like hitting lines, that's not necessarily a max jump. Yeah, your feet might be getting off of the ground, but you have to be able to experiment with seeing how high you can jump. Some people get really fired up. You get these like 18 to 25 year old kids who are just jumping and pounding in warmups. That's cool. It's fun to see you hit hard, but usually those types of swings, when you're bouncing balls, you're not going to use that in the game. You're just going to get stuffed. So in my mind, it's better to practice your location, take specific swings into specific areas. You know, they said that like Karch never took more than eight warm-up swings or something like that. And yeah, I'd like to go back in time and see that. But he would make sure that he hits every one of his spots. So hit that cut shot, hit a jumbo, hit a high line hit a hard line, hit a hard cross, hit a hard seam. All right. Once you've gotten all those swings, you should be good. But if you just go up there and you're swinging blindly, you're not cueing your mind into what needs to happen next. So take fewer swings, get yourself to maximal before that match starts and 
have specific, specific aiming points. Don't just swing blindly and try to make the ball bounce as hard or as high as you can. It's not going to help you in the match. You need to practice what it's like to get the ball over a block, to get a quick cut shot under the block and beat the defender. All right. And you have to be accurate. Now, when we're talking about the difference between warming up for a match, yeah, you're going to be jumping, but warming up for a workout, this is going to depend on what type of workout you want. Right? If you're talk if you're going to a squat workout or you're trying to do hang cleans or Olympic lifting or anything like that, then you're going to need to get yourself up to speed. And you can start at lower weight so that your body acclimates. You don't want to go from no weight to 300 pounds on your back. Build yourself up. And you can do that in one, two, or three repetitions, but at lower rate incrementally. Feel it out. And here's a really big thing that I've been working on. When you're doing those squats, just one, two, or three, your warm-up squats, get yourself to full range and pause at the bottom. Don't drop down and bounce into it, but go slow down. Think if, can you do a 10 second squat with 50% of your max squat, right? Can you control every piece of your squat and then hang out at the bottom with your hip crease underneath your knees? Okay. If you can't do that with control, then you're not ready to go to that depth when it comes time for you to start increasing that weight. You have to be able to slowly control every inch at lower weights before you can hope to move up to strength. And we, we really like to sit in deep squats. Deep squats will help you jump. They'll help you with your blocking. They'll help you get up in volleyball faster. They'll help you be more athletic all around. And there is greater potential for glute strength and glute activation when you go for lower squats. So um, if you're looking to build some big booties out there, make sure that you're going to depth. Get your hip crease underneath your knees. Okay. So if you're in a match, make sure that you start incrementally getting yourself to jump, but you must be at max before it's time for match. If you're doing it for a workout, build yourself up in low reps, but control the entire range and see when you're under lightweights, if you can challenge, if you can challenge that low range and sit in a deep squat with a good spine. Once your spine starts curving, you should, of course, everybody who is currently not in my max vertical program, you should be filming your from the side so that you know what cues to take and what cues to see. If you don't know what cues you're looking for, I 100% invite you to work out with us, all right? We have a program coming up right now and we take a, a pretty small group and this is gonna be the seven-day athletic foundations challenge. It starts February 28th. So currently, we are a week and a half away. If you're listening to this on the podcast version, we might be on to the next cycle. But the seven-day athletic foundations challenge is a full warm-up shoulder strengthening, glute activating series. I'm going to give you seven workouts. Okay. Every day you're going to have a different workout for seven days. And every day you're going to get to meet with me. We're going to do a video chat okay, with our entire group. And you're going to ask me any questions that you need. I'm also going to give you a nutrition checklist, which means that it's everything that you need to eat before, during, and after workouts, before, during, and after matches, as well as what you should be eating the day before your matches. Okay, so you're going to get a full nutrition checklist. We're going to give you a warm-up series that you can use for every match and every lift for the rest of your life. And we're also including three vertical jump workouts. Okay, so that's a complete 90-minute vertical jump workout that you can use, that you can keep, you can print it out, you can have it for life. Okay, all of this is on betteratbeach.com forward slash foundations beach.com forward slash foundations. We are starting February 28th. You need to sign up by end of day, February 27th to get 
into this unit, okay? We're going to meet every day on video. If you don't or you can't meet with video, then what we're gonna do is we record it, we upload it to a Google Drive. I'll give you the link to that so that you never miss the meeting. You're also gonna get invited to a private Facebook group where you can post all of the videos from your warmups and any workout videos. And I will help you there and I will coach you through that. I really recommend, I really recommend you guys lock in your warm-up routine. Every athlete, every champion talks about routines. Every successful business person talks about routines. What should you do every day that sets your mind right, that sets your body right? That's what we're doing here, okay? With the Athletic Foundations Challenge, it's seven days of developing a routine. And I'll tell you what happens. Uh, we, we got a guy, Jason Lavelle, he actually just increased his vertical um, by three inches. And he's only at week six because he joined our 60MX vertical program after the Foundations program. Within two weeks of doing just our warm-up, just our dynamic range of motion, shoulder strengthening, hip activation, he had already increased his vertical and broad jumps. Why does this happen? Remember when we talked about like opening up the hip flexors and opening up different parts of your body to allow the other parts to be strong? When you start a mobility routine and you do it every day, you literally unlock your body. You unlock its speed, you unlock its strength, you unlock its potential. But if you don't have that mobility routine, no matter how strong you get, you're only gonna stay strong in that tiny little range. That's bad. If you're only strong in a tiny range, it means that you can only be strong in a tiny range. You can't be a full athlete. So what we do is we give you all of these mobility workouts. We give you one for seven days. You can keep them. You can keep them for the rest of your time. You have your warm-up set for the rest of your season. For every single workout that you do, you get to keep those. You also get three free complete vertical jump workouts that I'm currently using right now. Okay, this is my preseason programming that you guys are getting. My preseason programming for my AVP. PCs. You're getting that and you're getting shoulder strengthening routine. You're getting a glute activation routine and just this warm up. It's going to feel like a workout for the first week, but if you stay consistent and you keep doing it, that's everything. Consistency is key. So once you have this warm up and you stay consistent with it, it's not going to feel like a workout anymore. It's going to become your warm up. And then you can really start unlocking some strength and we can take you to the next level with the 60 day max vertical program as well. All right. So if you want to join this, if you want to unlock your body, if you want to move faster, if you want to move better, if you want to start getting rid of pain, if you want to know every single thing that I include for every warm up for my practices, for my matches and for my workouts, go ahead, betterbeach.com forward slash foundations. This is going to change the way you play. It's going to change the way you lift and it's going to open up another level of potential for you. One more time, betteratbeach.com forward slash foundations. Our next cohort is starting on February 28th. If you sign up now, then you will get a series of emails before that and you will get our videos and our meeting links starting Monday, February 28th. This is the answer to your preseason and in-season programming for lifting and for your practices and matches. So join up with us. Right now, we're just going to move on to a little bit of extra ball practice. One of my favorite routines, Joshua, I think it is included in the show notes, www.betterbeach.com forward slash foundations. The link is there. And if you go to that, you will get all of the notes you could ever use. Sorry, ball work. What do we want to do with a ball? Number one, you have to see some serve receive before you start the match. Here's how some AVP players cheat it, all right? We will bring a wife, 
husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, fan from the stands, and we'll say, hey, can you throw some balls over the net at us so that we can practice some serve-receive? You have to see at some point before your match starts, you have to see a live serve-receive, even if it's kind of like a modified serve-receive, right? If you want to do it with your partner, that's also fine, but you need to get balls flying over the net. Every point is going to start with a serve-receive or a serve. So if you're starting your matches, and I know that you guys are going through this, because I've been there. You're playing at this local tournament and you do hitting lines, the setter spikes back to the passer, and then you just like kind of crush a ball. And then you do end up going for some serves. But during that time, no one's taking serve receive seriously. Serve receive is everything for your offense. So if you're not getting your mind and your technique right for serve receive, you have to change that. Make sure that you see balls coming over the net from the service line or maybe just in front so that you can get used to that feeling, get used to the wind behind you, get used to the wind in front of you and start locating your passes better. I personally like to try every one of my control touches. So I do this thing called tens. Tens is I'm gonna do 10 forearm sets with my partner. This is my opportunity to lock in my footwork and lock in my technique. There's nothing bothering me. Everything's perfectly in control, which means that I have the opportunity to establish a perfect nervous system for setting. So it's 10 forearm sets, game height, not just touching it, not keeping it low, game height. Then it's 10 hand sets. Nothing about the flight of the ball or the height of the ball should change. My footwork shouldn't change. My posture shouldn't change. The only thing that's changing is where my hands are, right? And the fact that I'm using my hands instead of my forearms. So 10 forearm sets, 10 hand sets. Then we go right into 10 tomahawks. I want to get used to tomahawk. Tomahawk is probably the third most common ball control skill that you're going to need. Lots of balls come up here. We don't want to use it in serve receive, but you have to be able to use it during gameplay. So I do 10 tomahawks. And that makes things start to get a little wild, which means that I get to play a little agility game, which is going to cue my body. It's going to warm me up even better. If you're playing this tomahawk game, you're tomahawking to your partner back and forth, and the ball dies and you let it die without going after it full, get off the court. You're not ready to play the match. When you're warming up, you need to play a match. Be ready to be dirty, be ready to sweat, and be ready to move at 100%. When you're doing this tomahawk, go after that ball full, even if it seems out of control. After you've gotten your 10 tomahawks, then I do 10 pokies. I'll poke a ball to myself, and then using my other hand, I will poke a ball to my partner. I have to be able to poke with both hands. I'm going to do the same thing with slaps, open-handed paddles. So I'm going to slap a ball to myself and I'm going to hit a ball with my other hand at my partner. That's going to practice this digging defense or this high and outside body defense where you need your paddles ready. Okay. So slap the ball to yourself as a dig and hit the ball at your partner so that they can repeat that back to you. So we've got forearm sets, hand sets, tomahawks, double pokey, double slap. All right. I usually go into a little speed pepper to start activating. Speed pepper is just when you fire pepper back and forth, back and forth. You still want to keep a hit every third touch. You still want to keep a dig every third touch. You still want to keep a form of a set, whether it's a forearm set or a hand set every third touch, but you keep that fast and low and it gets really fun. Last couple things we do is for my blockers, we do 10 peels, five in each direction where I line up right next to them on the same side of the net. They start at the net and I'm at the net next to them. They peel off the net and I hit right at their face so that they practice footwork and digging with their hands. If you can't dig with your hands and your fingers, you're missing out on a huge part of this game. Okay. After that, my defender, usually me, might not be me this year. I might move to blocking. We'll see what happens. All right. Then my defender is going to start by doing 10 lay down digs. That means that my tosser, my partner, my blocker, he's going to be at the net. I'm going to be playing defense three quarters depth. And my partner is just going to throw balls low to the ground that force me to dive and dig. And I get used to that, right? 
Then we're complete with tens. I still want to see 10 serve receives. I still want to hit at least 10 serves, all right? And if I can, I'd like to get 10 spikes. Two high lines, two jumbos, two cut shots, two hard line, two hard cross, and I'm ready to play the game. So I've taken care of my body. I've taken care of all my ball touches, right? And I'm ready to rock. Am I going to do this entire warm up every single match? No, I'm going to do it for my first match. And then I'm going to cut it way down as my matches continue. I'm going to pick my favorite exercises. Okay. And I'm going to shorten all of my reps. So your second warm up should be similar moves, but half of the energy that you put into your first warm up. So otherwise, those are going to just start like making you cramp and make you more exhausted, right? At our camps, we show you these warmups. When you come to our seven day camps or vacations, we do warmups for every one of our practices. Some people hate them. Why do some people hate them? Because they are taxing. Because if you're not in shape, a professional beach volleyball warmup is your entire workout. And that's exactly what you get with the seven day athletic foundations challenge. For seven days, you're going to get a pro level warmup, which for most people feels like a full workout. As your capacity increases, then we're going to get you to the level where you're actually able to work out. We're able to push some weight, but you cannot do that. You cannot start a quality lifting program. You can't add strength until you can handle our warm-up. Don't try to. You'll mess your body up. If you try to start lifting, you go heavy, you go hard, you go into a jump workout or a plyo workout, and you don't have the mobility, you haven't identified any of your imbalances, your body is going to be in trouble because you haven't set your foundation like we talked about at the beginning building a house. One thing is going to fall out of the place and the whole thing is going to shatter. Okay. So if you want to build that foundation again, www.betterbeach.com forward slash foundations that closes midnight on February 27th. I want you to work live with me and do all of my workouts for a full week. You get to meet with me on video every single day, and I will give you a different warm up style workout every day. It's not going to take more than 30 minutes but it's going to kick your butt and it's going to get you to that next level where you're ready to start lifting, pushing weights, and it'll teach you how to warm up for the rest of the season for pre-match and pre-practice warmups. Okay. So I think that's all we have for today. Oh, we were talking about the camps. When the camps, when we're doing these warmups, people just hate that they take so long that the warmups do it. But as the owner of Better at Beach and as an athlete and as somebody who promotes health nonstop, here's what we love. We love that we don't have injuries at our camps. We love that. We attribute that to great warmups, helping people fix their imbalances, helping people explore their bodies. If you don't warm somebody up the right way, if you are a coach and you're not equipping them with the ability to warm themselves up and the ability to fix their own problems, you're doing them a disservice. And we talked about consistency, breeding success, consistency and routines. So if you come to one of our camps and we do that warm up, seven times in a week. You're going to know what consistency is like. You're going to remember these warmups, okay? And you're going to know which ones feel best for your body and which ones provided the best results. So when you come to our camp, you're going to experience that. You experience our full warmup. If you can't come to a camp, well, you're still going to get seven workouts. You're still going to get seven full warmups. You're still going to build a routine if you sign up at betterbeach.com forward slash foundations, right? We also have some of our warmups in our blog and some of our warmups on our YouTube channel, but I want to help you develop a routine. And I want to be able to answer your questions so that you know, like if something's aching, if something's hurting, how do you fix it? How do you alter your warmup? That's why we do those live meetings to get you guys off to the right start for this season. Okay. That closes, uh, this cohort closes 
February 28th. That's when we start sending out the videos. So by the time this recorded version comes, if it's at least two months after that, we might be starting our next one, but hopefully you guys don't wait until springtime to start building a foundation for your season. All right, hopefully you guys start it now. Should have started it back with me in January, but start it now and then you'll be ready to hit your season, All right? It's not too late. It's actually never too late to start building a good foundation and, and build some health and uh, set the right things for strength. That's where we're at. Okay, guys, it's all from me today, right? Warm up, make sure you have general warm up, make sure you have a sport specific warm up, and then make sure you dial in into athlete specific where you work on your imbalances and your tightnesses. There are ways to explore that. I hope you explore them with me. When you're doing a ball warm up, you need to experience all of your touches. You have to get yourself to a maximum movement before you play your match. You have to be sweating before your match starts. Okay? You need to see serve receive and you need to serve. If you're not including serious focused serve receive reps, you're not ready to start that first point. Okay? And I like the tens workout, uh, the tens warm up because it gets all of my touches warmed up. And if I'm doing it right, I'm cueing my body, I'm cueing my brain and I'm cueing my speed. I don't take warm ups like a joke. I am ready to battle when it comes time to a warm up. And I think you should be too. So if you want to work with me, uh, we're going to do it for seven days straight, all video meetings, and you'll get all the tools that I have. And that starts February 28th. Can't wait to see you there. www.betteratbeach.com forward slash foundations. I'll see you in the group. All right, we're going to move on to our live Q&A. And for everybody else who is out there, hopefully I'll see you on the sand. All right, Mark Zen, loving the plank options, and my players are going to have to do all of them today. <laughs> I'll tell them you suggested it. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for tuning in. Again, is beach volleyball bad for people with low back pain? This is a good question from Arash. Is beach volleyball bad for people with low back pain? Everything can be bad for people with low back pain. What you need to do if you have low back pain is you need to start exploring what is the root cause of your back pain. Back pain doesn't just appear. It develops through poor motor patterns, through muscles that shut off or muscles that are overactive. It develops through postural problems or whatever your habits are how you sit, how you stand. So is beach volleyball bad for people with low back pain? Well, it can be if you're not working on fixing it. You have to fix your own problems, right? So when we're talking about low back pain, a lot of it's caused by tight hip flexors, a lot of it's caused by kind of underactive glutes, right? And some of it's caused by postural problems. There, there are some different problems in there and things that can develop. But by saying a sport is bad for low back pain, something caused that low back pain. And you can get yourself back to performance level standards. But number one, you need a mobility routine. Let's say number one, you need an assessment. Okay, Arash, you have to get somebody to look at how you move. That's why we do so much video work with our online members, because so many of them want to perform at the next level, but they've never seen themselves squat. They've never seen themselves run. They've never seen themselves pass or spike a ball. And all of our online courses, when you can actually, we force you to video everything that you do so that you start seeing what you look like. And then we have the tools to actually coach you. Okay. So no, beach volleyball is not bad for people with lower back pain. What's bad is not fixing the lower back pain, fixing the root problem that caused that. 
Okay. So go get an assessment, talk to a physical therapist, talk to a body worker, somebody who's going to look at how you move and do a movement analysis for you and then do some muscle testing. Okay. If you want to work with us, we have fixed low back, shoulder, and knee problems through our mobility work. It can take weeks. It can take months. Depends how ingrained your motor patterns are, right? But we can help you there. If you're on your own, go ahead and get a movement analysis and then start on an everyday mobility routine and you'll see that beach volleyball becomes easy that movement becomes easy once you get on that mobility routine and that's another big reason why we're starting the athletic foundations challenge all right ricardo adams the stream is perfect timing i think i overdid a warm-up before pickup games and i burnt out really early okay ricardo i want you to start measuring how long you're doing that warm-up okay figure out what a good time is for you you might be warming up too long you might be gassing yourself out you have to get to max but you don't have to burn yourself out pick the exercises that are going to work best for your body and make sure that it's just not tons and tons and tons of sprints and maximum jumps you need a couple of max jumps to make sure that you feel that and then you can be ready to play but use the advice that i gave during this episode and it should go a long way and if your warm-up is not good enough or it's too hard or it's different every time, then you need to come to betterbeach.com forward slash foundations and work with us so we can give you a routine. All right. Beach Volley Life. Love the videos and live streams. Keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate that. And we will. Mike Q, got to run. Great video. Thank you. Resolutions Inc. on YouTube. At camp, the warm up day one left me breathless. By day three, I was sore. By day five, I needed it to get ready twice a day at camp <laughs> brisket jeremy awesome see this is just an example from one of our camps who said like by day one the warm-up was exhausting but by day five you realize how much it does for you and how much you need so the consistency that we can build together is going to make a huge difference let's get some consistency all right it'll make your life better um we also say all right resolutions jeremy my toes are sore frequently for 24 to 48 hours after play is this a turf toe type weakness i have resorted to stuffing socks under the balls of my feet to avoid using my toes to walk the next day that is outside my wheelhouse jeremy as far as toe pain so uh i can recommend a couple of friends who are great and they actually know a ton about feet uh one of them is d-o-c-j-e-n-f-i-t doc jen fit on instagram okay her husband dr dom d-p-t d-r-d-o-m-d-p-t these guys are great and they talk a lot about feet and they might have some answers for you okay if your toes are hurting you know this might be a tendon issue this might be a nerve issue again you're gonna have to do some analysis and dr jen fit and dr dom dpt they're excellent at this and so they're good people to check out and they're good friends so go ahead simon i'm 40 generally in athletic shape but training to be stronger i'm only five six though i struggle to jump as high as i like to is it more effective to learn to hit flatter, deeper shots with more spin or more strength and plyo to jump higher. Simon, the answer is both. You need to increase no matter what height you are, no matter how high you jump, you should increase your speed, your power, your strength, and your vertical. You should also increase your location, your deceptiveness, and your decision-making. Okay? We work on a lot of that decision-making in our our offensive design course, and we work on a lot of the speed and strength uh, and <laughs> and power in our max vertical course. So we have those answers for you, but you shouldn't necessarily just work on one and ignore the other. You want kind of 
everything to be lifting because the higher that you jump, the more options you're going to have for hitting and for locations and spots on the court that you can hit. So definitely do both. And when you step on the court, focus, not just on necessarily winning or hitting, but if you feel like you there's a spot that you need, like you need to hit a crisp, deep middle ball, or you're missing a cut shot, right? If you don't have a cut shot to hold somebody from getting your high line, you're in trouble, right? If you don't have a cut shot because, and you're too short to bomb a deep middle ball, your cut shot or your short middle pokey is going to be your only option, all right? So if you're under height or you're shorter and you can't pound that deep middle ball, you need to have a cutty or short and a jumbo option, right? So start working on varying your shots and start working on saying like this match, this practice, I am going to use two swings, short middle and jumbo. See if you can win using those two swings. And that'll be a valuable two hour session for you to be able to upgrade your offense. All right. And then when you're done with practice, get your ass to the gym and start working on that vertical. Okay. hope that helps, Simon. All right. Uh, I'm going to try to go through Instagram here, see if there's any questions that I can answer. Man, Instagram's got a long comment session. If anybody can teach me how to do this Instagram live thing so that I can only get comments, that would be great. Um, ah, somebody from Dubai just finished two hours. Nice. Glad you joined, Fabio. Thank you. This is an important point that isn't echoed enough. Jay DeBilius. Thanks for stopping in, Jason. I'm not sure what I was talking about there, but I'm glad something rang true for you. Mad love back to you, Jason. Okay. Looks like that's about it for today, guys. That is our Q&A session. Uh, we are in Salt Lake City. We are running clinics. Like I said, February 28th, our foundations cohort closes. So make sure that you are signing up for that if you want to develop a routine with me. We have clinics coming up in Salt Lake City this weekend, but it sold out. Ohio, Huntsville, Alabama, Westchester, New York, Long Island, New York. I might be missing one or two, but if you want to check that out, betterbeach.com forward slash clinics. And if you want to book us for a hometown clinic, so if you want to us to come to your hometown or your home court, we need a commitment of 12 players who are ready to train for the full day because our one day clinics are seven and a half hours. It's a seven and a half hour day. That's what it takes to get us out there. And that's what we believe is the right amount of time for us to give you maximum value in one day and make that trip worth it. So a full day with us, uh, you need to have at least 12 people signing up for the 225 cost for the full day clinic. And that's seven and a half hours. And if you have a court that you can control, that is enough for us to get one coach out there. By the time we start pushing up to 16, 17, 18 athletes, then we can start working on getting a second coach out there. But all you need is 12 people, full commitment for one day. All right. And you can bring us out to your court or your facility. And we would love to hear from you. Just shoot an email to support at betterbeach.com. We are upgrading our swag game. And I want to hear your thoughts. If you design shirts, if you like making t-shirt designs, hat designs, guys, I've been struggling, really struggling to get our apparel game up and going. So if you've ever thought that you could make a great company or you wanted to be in charge of a clothing line that starts from design to clothing selection to getting it on the website, shipping it, handling orders, everything, I'd love to hear from you. I would absolutely love to hear from you. 100%. I want to hire somebody for that role. Okay. So if you are interested in starting and just taking control over a full apparel line, we want a better beach apparel line that focuses on volleyball players. And I would love to hear from you again, get in touch, support at better at beach.com. Really 
would love to hear from you. Okay. And if you just want to make a design and you want to see it on a shirt and you think that you have a cool idea, but you don't know how to put it on a shirt, I know how to put it on a shirt and I know how to get it made. But if you have a cool design that you want to see come to reality, send that design to me. I want to see that art file. And if you just want to see it get printed, if it's cool enough and we like it and it vibes with our brand, I'd love to make it. All right. Yeah, that's it, everybody. That's all I have. Okay. So thank you guys for tuning in. I know a lot of you are still here. I really appreciate your time. I hope I was able to provide some value and you guys have a great day. All right. I'll see you on the sand.